Hey, y'all. It should come as no surprise that in this episode, as with every episode, we're just fucking winging it. <laughs> and uh, part of the beauty of it is the unqualified nature of the research that's happening. And one of the goofs that we made, or that I made, was substituting the name of the uh, family member that was in the Supreme Court case as Costanza instead of what it actually is, which is Gonzalez. Yeah, another example of the white man keeping the brother man down. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. It's still ethnic. It's like right. Italian. So it's like like a nicer brown. I don't know if I had Seinfeld on the brain or what it was. What's the deal with these Supreme Court cases? Am I right? <laughs> um, but I think you also sell yourself a little bit short. Like you do research for this. I do. You just goofed. We yeah. all goof. Yeah. So um, would you like to, would you like me to edit in the proper word or yeah. the proper name? I think we just drop it in there and uh, hopefully it'll still be enjoyable, if not more amusing yeah. due to the sudden nature of that drop in. Cool. Okay. So with the magic of editing. It's like it never happened. All wrongs will be righted. Except for this preamble. <laughs> cool. Enjoy. Hey, Ryan. Hi. Hi. So. Uh, you've seen me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I've told you We're that. We're recording in the same room. What? This time. You're telling me you're here in this room with me. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Well, that explains the uh, reaction that my body is having. Uh, I've told you that story about how when I lived in China, I they gave me a Chinese name. Yeah. What was it again? Uh, the translation was white like sail. That's right. I can't believe they're allowed to do that. Well, it's objective. Sure. Right. I guess. <laughs> But it did make me a little irritated because I remember the other people in my group getting um, less objective names. Like, yeah. laughs like a sunrise or things like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. White like sail. White That's like so sail. messed up. It was because I, I don't think of that as being my defining characteristic, but maybe that was the biggest impression that I'd made. I was like the whitest person they'd ever seen. Ever. I, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I don't know. The reason I'm bringing it up uh-huh. is, um, you know how I'm not afraid of the police. <laughs> I do know that because you're so white. Unfortunately, fortunately, uh, my whiteness has created this um, bubble of Delulu, as the youth might say. What? <laughs> like a like a. Smothering blanket of delusion. You know, Delulu. No, I don't know that. Is that another stupid... Uh, oh, what was the other one? The one that I really hate right now? Is it... Riz? Yes. <laughs> like how I'm putting on Why the Riz? Why can't we just say the word? Why putting can't... on the Riz. <laughs> this is going to be a segment in our show where I just yell, get off my lawn about something. Yeah. I hate, why can't we just say the word? Why Why is that so hard? Because that's how language works, Ryan. No, I disagree. 
<laughs> you say all kinds of stuff that the olds of the decades before <laughs> us would be like, why can't we just say the words? What does tight actually mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that. But so that I'm not abbreviating it or anything. Okay. What does Riz mean again? Charisma. Just say that. It's long. Oh my God. <laughs> We're getting off topic. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm putting the Riz on police. How dare you? <laughs> but um, I've, I've honestly never had what I would consider a bad interaction with the police. Yeah, we've talked about this. And I think I described it as like a, like a, a shield, like in a video game, if you have a shield potion or something, mm. you just walk around and take all kinds of damage and not really have to worry about it. And yet... That's your whiteness slash prettiness. <laughs> well, I don't even think of it as a shield because I don't feel like I'm taking damage, really, from sure. that. Well, I, think I guess... Of it, go ahead. Oh, Sorry. As, well, as more of like... Um, like, uh, like stealth mode. Or like, um, like in The Walking Dead, when they smear the the zombie gore all over themselves, oh, yeah. so that they just kind of blend in and the zombies don't attack them. I always want to throw up when they do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like Harry Potter's uh, cloak, invisibility cloak. Sure. Something like that. But I mean, you get the idea of what I'm. Yeah, and to get at. and even that maybe isn't the best comparison because it's not an invisibility thing. It's not like I go unnoticed. It's more like I go. I'm I'm not perceived as a threat. Right. And I have the I'm under the illusion that I will be protected. Like when I've gotten pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> Are we gonna tell that story on the podcast for the world and for God and everyone to hear? Have we not already? I don't think so. So every time I've been pulled over, uh I've gotten away scot free. Right. Um, and you tell me this, and every time I get so mad. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's great for you. I wish I had that kind of superpower. It's just not in the cards for a brother. Because <laughs> I'm brown. I'm a brown brother. You have... <laughs> <laughs> you a chocolato hermano. Right. Well, nobody, no, nobody could see me. No. Not even I, on YouTube. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're the voice of God, just off camera, always. <laughs> um, well, the, that story that you're referring to, yeah, sure. Fuck it. I'll tell it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> the police already know. <laughs> it's a recording somewhere. You know it's a body cam that they watch every once in a while. Oh, that officer <laughs> saved it and took it home. <laughs> All right, tell the story so the people know. Okay, so I was uh, driving from my apartment to your home before we lived together, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was nighttime, probably like 10. Yeah, something. Something like that. Late in the evening. Late in the evening. And I knew that it was late enough that it's not like I was going to be sitting down for dinner with you right. and the cheer-in. Um, so I just came in my nightgown. <laughs> right. And it wasn't just any nightgown. <laughs> because I was coming to you for the purposes of staying over, 
It was like a sexy nightgown. Giggity. <laughs> like it was low cut. Yeah. Uh, I still have it. I wear it all the time. Yeah. And it had like a bunch of lace here. Like there's probably a two centimeter separation between where the lace ends and the nips begin. <laughs> Right. Silky. The rest of it's silky. Speaking of all of this, I told Johnny that we were recording an episode tonight and Uh he goes, all right, I can't wait. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Skipping ahead. Um, I I was driving uh, not on the freeway, not on the highway, but down like 99, which is a, a, a thoroughfare. But the speed limit is 45. Right. And I think I was driving like 48.50. Yeah. I mean, it was within the realm. It was within the realm, but it was over. And the police of Tigard have shit all to do. (laughs) So they like to police that part. And I knew that, but I I was hustling. (laughs) (laughs) You had somewhere to be. I really did. And um, I got pulled over and I like felt the cold sweat even though nothing had happened to me before i was still nervous and pulled over and then the police officer he can only comes around to the side he shines in and i i wasn't trying to riz (laughs) (laughs) just use the word (laughs) uh but my natural charisma just radiated off me i guess i i am always apologetic because i've I feel like I'm doing something wrong all the time. So if someone calls me out, I just assume there's like a dozen things that it could be, right? Yeah. I'm like, my tags are probably expired. I probably have a brake light out. Who knows? Oh, I see. I mean, I've been like grocery shopping with you. And when we pay for groceries and you need to like add a pack of gum or something, <laughs> it's like you're you just you're apologizing i'm so sorry i'm a piece of shit (laughs) yeah right piece of shit for a piece of gum you know so forgive me being pulled over i'm sure that's in overdrive i i try not to be insane about it but i'm i am right up front and if i think i know maybe what it was i go oh my god i'm so sorry yeah i was clearly speeding i'm a fuck (laughs) um do what you gotta do uh just Forgive me. <laughs> if it's a ticket, it's a ticket. And this police officer gave me the full up down, then back up, then to the middle, and then up again. <laughs> and then a nice sweep to finish off. Yeah. Um, and was like, where are you going? And I said, I'm just going to my boyfriend's house. I know. I know. And then he's like, he starts writing angrily. To boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> Doubles the fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that comes out too. Yeah. Um, but he was super chill and he was just like, all right, little lady, you know, just be safe out there and yeah. take your time. And I said, noted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and he let me go. And I got no ticket. And sure enough, made my way to your home. And uh, we had a lovely evening. Uh, yeah, I, I I hate that story <laughs> for many reasons. Uh, so what are we talking about today? Well, um, the second story I'll, I'll bring up before I share the topic with you is, uh, do you remember there was that drive-by shooting yeah. a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Very scary for me. 
I haven't witnessed something like that ever, I think. Yeah. Um, and I called the police right away. Apparently, I was the first person to call them. So they wanted to talk to me. At no point in that whole process did I think, A, the police wouldn't come. Yeah. B, the police wouldn't listen. And C, that I would be prosecuted in any way. Right. In any way. Uh-huh. Um, that's because I just assume that the police will protect me. Right. And us as a society. Doing the thing that is on the side of their cars. Exactly. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> oh, you don't even know. <laughs> you caught me off guard with that one. I was like, wow, this is going to be the longest intro ever. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, turns out, false. <laughs> okay. Have you heard of the case Gonzalez versus Castle Rock? Oh, yeah. Well, where? I don't know. Um, um, so Gonzalez versus Castle Rock was a, a pretty landmark Supreme Court case. Uh, and in that case the Supreme Court basically confirmed what a lot of us already felt in our bones. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> in your white, white bones. But in the brown, brown bones mm -hmm. um, and beyond. Uh, and certainly much more savvy white, white bones. People have long suspected, maybe the police aren't there to help. And the Supreme Court in this case confirmed that, quote, the police have no special duty to protect their citizens. What? No special duty. So what, what, what happened in the case, right, was um, essentially this this woman, Jessica Gonzalez, she had a restraining order against her soon-to-be ex-husband. She had three, three daughters, three kids. And part of the restraining order was that he had to call if he was going to come visit the children. And if uh -huh. he didn't, the restraining order would be put into effect, right? Okay. To your knowledge, what does a restraining order do? It's it's a uh, it's an order from a court or judge or whatever to for one person to, I mean like, to stay away uh, like a certain distance from somebody or a group mm -hmm. of people or something like that. Yeah. Is that Limitations on contact. Right. What happens to your knowledge? You don't have to be an expert on this. I'm certainly yeah. not. Uh, that's the whole point of the show. <laughs> um, but what happens if someone were to violate the restraining order and then the, the they, restrainer were to report that? They get arrested. They get arrested. Right. Theoretically. Yeah. Right? No. What? No special duty. In this case, uh, she was in her kitchen and she heard kids playing out there. And you know kids, even our child, uh, he be screaming. Screaming yeah. all the time. Sometimes it, I think it'd be hard to tell. Often, when I've been near an elementary school in particular, I'm like, those kids could be dee, 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 like <laughs> psycho. And I, I would have no idea. Like the screaming is so intense. I lived by an elementary school before. And at 3 p.m. and 12 p.m., all hell could be breaking loose. I wouldn't know. <laughs> or it could just be recess. Yeah. So she heard screaming and she thought, it's just my kids. And then everything went silent. And she's like, mm. and she goes outside. Her kids are gone. 
And that happened at like early afternoon. She calls the police. She calls the police. She calls the police from like 5 p.m. to midnight. She calls and calls and calls. They're like, hang in there. You know, he'll probably bring him back. They always bring him back, you know. What? Yep. Finally, she goes to the police department. And she's not just some random person. She was a custodian at the police agency. She actually, they knew this They knew her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they're like, just, it'll be fine, you know. Eventually, the guy shows up at the police department and just starts just opening fire at the police department at the building people don't usually do that unless they want to get killed by the police sure yeah right yeah sure enough like it's it's a provoking action right it's suicide by cop is what it's usually called okay yeah um and people don't usually do that unless They've got nothing less to lose, right? Yeah. Uh, sure enough, the police come out. They kill the guy, right? Yeah. And when they go check his truck. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. All three of them. Yeah. Man. Devastating, right? Right. Yeah. As you can imagine. Um, oh, and they didn't even let her see the bodies of her kids until the funeral. They were like, Mm-mm, you can't see them. Where is this? <laughs> Castle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pause. Um, Colorado? Colorado. Okay. They like guns in Colorado. That makes sense. They do like guns in Colorado. Um, I don't actually know if that makes sense or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, they do. (laughs) They got mountains. Uh, Mountains and guns and bears and and boots and cowboys. Oh, my. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) So. I'm going to get fired. 100%. (laughs) From this job, if nothing else. <laughs> um, no, that's okay. You have no special duty to be serious about this, just like the cops. Hey, oh. <laughs> so, uh, Jessica Gonzalez, she files um, a suit against the police agency saying that they didn't enforce the restraining order. And as a result, her kids lost their lives yeah. unnecessarily. They had a they had a duty pro- to protect them and to protect her, if nothing else, just to enforce the order. Right. It got kicked all the way up to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And the lawyer for the police is basically saying there was never any enforceable contract for them to actually intervene. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg was like, bless, rest in peace. She Uh was like, well, then what's the point of the police? Like, Yeah. Well, what's the point of a restraining order if it doesn't serve as the contract? There are elements to the restraining order that make it more of a process, is what the lawyer argued, as opposed to an immediate enforceable action. Fuck the lawyer that did this. Oh, you know, you could tell in his voice, because there are recordings of it, where he was just kind of like... I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's right, Ruthie. It is pretty fucked. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, So she's like, wait, you're telling me that essentially there's no, no, like, responsibility on the part of the police to actually intervene. Yeah. And he said, no, no, there's not. Um, 
there's there's nothing in the Constitution that says that they have to intervene. And she's like, well, what about the 14th Amendment? And the 14th Amendment is it basically says that, like, there should be no infringement of rights and liberties for any citizen or person born in the United States on the part of the state. But it's really just to protect you from the state, not for the state to protect you. What? Say that again? So it's like the, that part of the Constitution is there to protect people from being uh, unconstitutionally discriminated against by the state, thus okay. infringing upon their rights or liberties. What about right to life, you might say? Well, fuck oh. that. The police don't have anything to do with that. Wow. The protect and serve thing is a motto. It is not an enforceable code. Yeah, okay. So it's like a um well, you said motto, but like a like a like PR talk. Yeah. Yeah, and that the, the restraining order thing, um he was saying it it gave her rights against her husband, which are enforceable through like a contempt of the court type thing process, right? Uh and that's enforceable by asking the police to enforce them asking isn't that what she did well yes um but the important part is that the police are not obligated to respond Ugh. Ugh. Uh, she has wow. the ability to ask but the police have discretion yeah under under the the, the reading of the statute under the lawful reading of uh -huh. what that means the police have discretion okay this is blowing my mind a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I have questions. Give me your questions. So, um, oh man. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot. This is yeah. a lot to process. So I'm, I'm a little, it's very clear what, how you're saying it, but I'm confused by the purpose of them to begin with then. Totally. Do you know what I mean? The like, purpose of the police like it goes it it goes back depending on what police you're talking about like where right yeah. in the case of the US unfortunately a lot of areas original police were kind of like the original slave catchers oh okay you know like yeah. who you would call to get your property back sure and in that way not exclusively but in that way and and beyond and before the police were really there to protect property to protect your stuff right yeah. from burglary or from uh you robbing a place right yeah but if you've ever been robbed i mean ask anybody who's ever had had something stolen from them they don't even do that anymore. oh yeah i mean when i got my rental car broken into up in tacoma washington <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they came. I, I expected them to come. They came. They got a description of everything. And I was like, sweet, find the guy. That'll be great. Nope. Yeah. Never heard from him again. The only thing that that benefited me to do to file that report and give them that info was to pass that on to my employer uh -huh. and show, yep, I got robbed. See? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's official. The police said it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You can't fire me for losing your shit. The police said it. Yeah. By contrast, right? And they chose not to follow up with anything because, like, at the end of the day, how valuable was my shit, really? Right. By contrast, many years before, when I was working at my parents' hotel and some random guest swiped my iPad off of the front desk, right? I suspected who it was, called the police. They were like, well, which room are they in? And I'm like, they're in this room and they're just kind of acting sketchy. They chose, because they had fuck all to do, to come all the way from Pismo Beach <laughs> and to to investigate, right? Yeah. And then sure enough, the, the thief and his associates l- fled the hotel, started scooting around town, and they were like, exciting! <laughs> so they chased him from like bar to bar in tiny little Avila. And when they found him, they found my iPad in his, or or they didn't find my iPad in his stuff, but they found like, drug paraphernalia so they were like enforceable (laughs) yeah right so they took him in and he admitted to stealing the ipad later i found it and they asked me how much it was worth you were like oh it was here the whole time (laughs) (laughs) no you found it in the room actually um a, a customer at the coffee bar was like I found this iPad at the beach. Do you do you know who it might belong to? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it was my iPad. Still had wow. battery and everything. It was like a week later. But the police officer had asked me how much the iPad was worth. And I was like, I don't know. It was like four years old at that point. So and it had some scratches. Probably not worth any more than like 150 bucks. And he's like... How about new? <laughs> and I was like, new? I don't know. New, new four years ago. Yeah, like like 500 bucks. And he was like, but you had like insurance on it and stuff, right? And maybe a case. And I'm like, sure. And he's like, so say a thousand. And I'm like, God damn. A thousand maybe if it was like the souped up version. He's like, souped up version might even be like, what, 1200, 1400? I'm like, maybe. Ooh. And he's like, got it. And he wrote it down. And I got restitution checks from that motherfucker for like five years. That's yeah. They garnished his wages and stuff. And it got, I got a check in the mail for years. Nuts. You best believe when that, I was watching when that guy got let out of jail. I was like, please don't come for me. (laughs) (laughs) They made me do it. I only wanted 150. I just want 150 bucks. I really just wanted my iPad back. Yeah. But it's a perfect. And you did get it back. And I did. (laughs) And money. Without any help from him. He didn't. He never admitted where he put it. He just admitted that he took it. Anyway, he went to jail for the drugs, not for my iPad, uh, which is its own thing, right? Yeah. Policing people for drugs. In any case, those were two totally different situations. One where, uh, like, my shit was, like, the dude smashed the window of my car, took my shit, but I wasn't there. In the other, and nothing was followed up on. Never got that shit back. In the other case, uh, the the guy took my iPad while I was there, but it wasn't nearly as, like, threatening or violating feeling. Yeah. Because my shit wasn't smashed. Right. But it was still, like, what the fuck? And it was just because the police decided to intervene that yeah. I got anything as a result of that. Certainly that that guy was caught. And it was also just kind of circumstance. Like I had no idea who the guy was that broke into my car, but I had a pretty good idea who took the iPad. Yeah. So either way, it was choice of the police agency. And that's true for anything. Uh, have you heard of tort law? No. Tort law is the the genre of law 
enforcement, not police, but the enforcement of law surrounding civil cases where like what happens when one person hurts another person? Uh-huh. And um, part of tort law is determining responsibility of care, right? And there's basically like ambiguity, right? Around like what happens if you're walking down a, a street with a low bridge and you see an old lady like stumble and fall off the bridge into the water, right? But it's low enough that you could very easily reach in and help her, you yeah. know, and get her out of there, but you don't. Wait, who have you been talking to? <laughs> the Beaverton City Police. <laughs> um, and she drowns, right? And she dies. You're, yeah, but that, you're not liable. Not my fault. I was just... <laughs> I was minding my own. anyway. <laughs> well, and that's why you're not in jail, Ryan, is yeah. <laughs> because tort law would say you're not liable for that, right? Yeah, but isn't there like a Good Samaritan thing? Well, or is that just like there are special cases where, for example, if grandma fell off of the bridge and into the little water and you helped her out, but in doing so, you dislocated her shoulder, right? Uh-huh. That might fall under some Good Samaritan stuff where you were just trying to help, right? So if she filed a civil case against you by saying, yeah, he saved me, but he pulled my shoulder out. Now I can't use that arm because yeah. I'm old. So grandma could sue you, right? right? And there might be some protections with the Good Samaritan stuff. But um, very rarely are you actually obligated to help somebody else even when you could easily help, even when it leads to their harm or suffering. Okay. Unless there is already a special relationship, yeah, <laughs> in the eyes of the law that would preclude you to help them, such as if you were the guardian of a child mm-hmm. or of an elderly person, like you were the caretaker of grandma. Yeah. Or if... Um, like a hotel, for example, uh, needing to have locks on the doors of the the hotel room to protect the people who are staying there. Like there's a special agreement that if you stay here, you will be safe, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Uh, there's still that disclaimer, though, like your valuables are not under any special protection. <laughs> well, they go missing, so be it. But there's like a, a responsibility on the, the part of the hotel to have some measure of protection in place for yeah. their guests. Um but police and citizens, no. There is no special relationship clause for that. Okay. For if the police see you getting stabbed or um, getting robbed or uh, drive-by shooting and you report it and they, they could still intervene, no, they're not, not liable at all to intervene there. Um, and that's come up often now, uh, especially in regards to school shootings. Oh, like the Uvalde thing. Yeah. Um, can we go back to, I want to talk more about that, but there's something that uh, I had a question on that just, I formulated the question in my head, so I want to ask it. Give it to me. Um, in the case of the, it was, was it? Gonzalez. Versus mm-hmm. Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. So was that the first time that it's ever been argued in a, in court that this is the this is or isn't the responsibility of the police to protect and serve definitely not there have been a lot of other cases as you can imagine throughout the history of the u.s Uh where people have thought that the 
police should have intervened in a, yeah. in a case and didn't. Gonzalez versus Castle Rock is just kind of like the landmark case that people think of, uh, particularly because it was um, ruled against her. Right. So there's already precedent. Totally. For it is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And okay. the precedent actually that the defense tried to argue with, well, yeah, was the, or that Gonzalez side tried to argue with was that there was there was precedent in regards to like property laws, like the, the restraining order um, was enforceable, maybe through some property clause. But when they tried to explore like what property would have been at risk. Uh, they couldn't really come up with a good answer, right? Because the kids aren't really property, you know? Yeah. But come into th- harm. I mean, now we're like armchair lawyering a little bit. That's the problem. <laughs> but doesn't it seem reasonable it, to make the, the step from, okay, they're there to protect your property, right? Mm. But what you just said about the Samaritan thing, she's also responsible legally to her children. And in order to carry out that responsibility, she needs the help of the police to do it. Okay, I'm so glad you brought this up because there are very few situations where the police are maybe more obligated, still not, right? But maybe more obligated to intervene, Mm -hmm. but it has to meet really specific criteria. So the first one is that there has to be direct contact between you and the police saying, I'm gonna need help with this, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah. Uh, And second, the police have to agree to help you. Insane to me still. Yeah, be like, okay, I see you're about to get stabbed. I'm gonna come help you. Right. Um, like, I don't like knives. <laughs> three, the police need to have knowledge and agree to that knowledge that not helping will definitely lead to harm or suffering. All right. Which is assuming a lot on the part of what's happening in the police's mind, right? Yeah. And four, this one's really weird, is that the police... Uh, need to have proof that the person asking for help um, relied on the police for protection and changed their behavior as a result, meaning like they didn't protect themselves as they otherwise would have if they'd known the police weren't going to get involved. For example, uh, oh, no, I'm getting stabbed. But the police are going to help me, so I'm just going to lay here. Oh, okay. Because they're going to be here any minute, right? Yeah. Whereas if you didn't have that assumption, maybe you'd try to fight back a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, That's a lot of clauses involved, a lot of nuance involved in the part of assuming on all sides. Right. That, yeah, she probably thought, yeah, I've had direct contact with the police. I fucking work there. Mm-hmm. I've filed my restraining order. I've done everything I was supposed to do. Yeah. They've, the court has signed over on the restraining order. I've called the police. I've asked for help. I went to the police station, demanded help. The police said, yeah, this is pretty crazy. They'll be back, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. So they haven't really agreed to help, right? And as far as having direct knowledge that if they don't help, someone's going to get hurt. They don't know that. Uh-huh. There's custody disputes all the time. Yeah, and it's their dad. It's their is, dad. Is, so you wouldn't assume that something like that would happen. Not you shouldn't assume, maybe, right? Yeah. Um, and then 
as far as number four goes of of the person proving that they relied on the police for protection, what was her behavior supposed to be? Yeah. Right? Yeah. She thinks she has the restraining order that's enforceable. She calls the police. What what else was she supposed to do? Go searching around town for the guy herself all alone? For where? You know? Yeah. Uh, the stabbing thing is actually interesting because, and like, I don't like knives. There's this other case of this guy in New York, and there was a like a serial stabber on the loose. Uh-huh. And there were hundreds of police officers on the hunt for this guy, right? And they knew there they had a tip off that he was in, on the subway, and um, so there were there were tons of police officers down there, including on the very train that the guy ended up being on. And the dude, he's a serial stabber. He's on the run. So, of course, he whips out the knife on the train car. The police officers are one train car over. And they see it happen. Uh-huh. And ev- almost everybody in the train car is like, fuck this. And they, like, run to the next car. Right. But there's one guy, a civilian, that's like, I'm going to get involved and tries to fight this guy off. Um, and he gets hella stabbed. And there's police officers at the window. And they don't just watching. Just it. watching. They already know who this guy is, yeah. right? Yeah. They've ha- they got a bolo. <laughs> Be on lookout. <laughs> That's police stock. Okay. Um, but they just watch, and he gets he gets violently stabbed, like stabbed in the head, stabbed in the neck. There's this other civilian on the train car who also tries to help. Eventually, the guy gets taken down, but it's not until the dude is down. The, the serial stabber guy, that the police finally go, mm, okay. And they open up the door and they handcuff him, right? Like, wow. we did it, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, the guy that actually intervened is like pumping out blood. He yeah. survived and he sued the police department. Right. Same thing. No obligation. No obligation. Even knowing who that individual was, that he was already being searched yeah. for, for being a violent offender, yeah. violent criminal, they watched it happen, not obligated. This really puts a lot of the things that have come about recently, like uh, the Breonna Taylor thing yeah. from George Floyd, all of those uh, violent acts against civilians. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, they're awful. On their own, they're awful. But I didn't know any of this, and it puts those in in an even more terrible light if that's possible because not only do they not have to get involved if they don't want to in situations like that like the Breonna Taylor and George Floyd thing they are actively involving themselves in a situation that doesn't need it does that make sense yeah like they're 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 choosing battles there's there's a I'm going to go get this guy because I've got five of my buddies with me. We all have guns. They don't. So we're going to do that. But we're not going to stop the guy on the train with the knife stabbing everybody Mm -hmm. because that's too dangerous for us. We're putting a lot of faith in the police officer's ability to recognize what's a viable threat and when it's appropriate to get involved. Yeah. People who support that say, well, it has to be that way. Otherwise, we live in a police state where you're getting arrested for jaywalking, always. Or you're getting arrested for having an open container, always. Or for 
smoking within 20 feet of a hospital door always you know yeah but have allowing for that nuance on the part of the police allows them to have better judgment appropriate judgment on when to get involved keeps them safe you know and keeps us from being over policed but it also allows them to do whatever they want correct correct and that's built into the system not only do we uh not have any code that enforces the law enforcement yeah. protecting and serving us. Um, but there's there's no auditing externally. There's no uh, like investigation. It's internal affairs for a reason, yeah, right? Yeah. There's no like code of conduct that's universal, comprehensive that polices the police anywhere. It's all piecemeal. Mm-hmm. Like, what happens when someone's in a chokehold? Like, there's a very specific, uh, like, code of conduct for that in in Maine, you know? <laughs> but there's no, there's no comprehensive code of conduct. It's all internal. There's no um, democratic process that's involved in essentially regulating the police's actions. And, oh, man, there was this Harvard law professor that put it really interestingly where he's like, people think of this as a case of bad apples, right? Uh, You've heard that before. Sure. But it's a case of the whole orchard being unregulated. Oh. (laughs) Which I love. Yeah. Right? They're like, some of these apples are nasty. And it's like, no, people are just like allowed to pee on the trees. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't really matter. This whole thing's a mess. This whole thing's a fucking mess. Just burn it down. (laughs) Just burn this motherfucker down. (laughs) Yeah. We got to plant oranges instead. <laughs> and it's crazy to me because, you know, you think about like the huge budgets for police agencies, right? The massive budgets. Some cities like Portland has a huge policing agency budget. Oh, my gosh. And the the equipment that they're, yeah. that they're allowed to have. The toys. I, I, was, I was listening to an NPR story about the NRA and how – it became, it went from an enthusiast group to a lobby. Mm-hmm. And the way that they were able to do that was through the police by um, appealing to police departments uh, and um, making assault weapons and automatic weapons standard issue. Because before oh. that, you could just bring whatever you want. As a, as a, as a police officer, you can bring whatever firearm you want. It's on the job? Yeah. Um, but they, uh, I think it was specifically, uh, I think it was Glock. Right. It's like a German yeah. company. Uh, but, you know, I mean, like you, you've seen police officers with assault rifles and they have fucking tanks sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like heavy military style oh, yeah. gear. And like... It's it's really crazy to think about with with what you're telling me that they can use that at their discretion, like um, with no oversight, w- right? Yeah, mm-hmm. or not, which is the scary part yeah. too. It's equally scary when they have those things and decide not to do anything when there is help needed. Like the Uvalde thing. Yeah. And the school thing is really sad. Um, do you remember the the Parkland shooting in Florida yeah. a couple years ago? So very similarly, uh, s- some of the students filed a suit against the police and the school district for not protecting them, thinking yeah. 
if nothing else, at least the school district had a duty to protect us, yeah. right? We were under their care. And a federal judge ruled that the government agencies, quote, had no constitutional duty to protect students who were not in custody. Insane. Because that special relationship thing also extends to prisoner and prison, right? If you're in the prison, the the prison has a duty to protect you. Yeah. So you're safer in prison than you are in school. Yup. Yeah. Um, and when the the when they cross appealed, um, the the court said uh, that they rejected the argument that the students are in custody of school officials while they're on campus. Um, Custody is narrowly confined to situations where a person loses his or her freedom to move freely and seek assistance on their own, limiting it to prisons, jails, or mental institutions. Huh. Uh, so, um, yeah. Um, so, okay, this so far has, has been really eye-opening, but also I want to be fair and I don't want to sound one-sided. Um what are some of the arguments to be made for those rulings? Meaning, what what are some of the reasons they're saying? I, I you touched on them to like having nuance so that they can um, not over police over police. So, in a situation like a school shooting, mm-hmm. are they just relying on those precedents to get them out of a lawsuit and that's it? There's no sort of like, hey, these bad things keep happening. Police departments keep getting sued. So maybe we should change the system. There's none of that. The problem is there's no like we we try to do all these things on after the fact. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, they didn't intervene. So we should um, force the the chief of police to resign. You know, or <laughs> yeah. maybe we can find the police agency and and get a um, like a payout for the damages ensued. But that's those are band aid things. Like you're saying, like there needs to be some change in the regulation. But that's not what happens. Getting yeah. actual new regulation imposed on a police agency, a because of the way that our country is organized, it's shit state by state. Good luck trying yeah. to get umbrella regulations on an agency we have it on like the epa you know <laughs> like their environmental regulations yeah. but doing it on police agencies is so contentious because of what a political thing that it is now think of how unpopular it would be to certain politicians um for their constituents to hear, we should really be regulating the police, like across the board. Yeah. There are some politicians who would totally lose their careers yeah. over saying something like All that. All of them, probably. At this point, it, it'd be very risky. Be yeah. very ri- regardless of how popular it might be in some places, mm-hmm. it'd just be impossible to, to really push that through without a huge change in the understanding of people, of what the police are actually supposed to do. And the crazy part is that whole protect and serve thing is so, it's so like goofily f- false because mm-hmm. the protect thing, not obligated to protect, right? The serve thing comes into play because we think of them as civil servants, right? right. Our taxpayer yeah. money, my blood, sweat, and money. Sad <laughs> <laughs> crying over spilled money. <laughs> my money is going to these budgets, mm-hmm. right? 
So them being civil servants, servant, serve, protect and serve. Yeah. No obligation. No obligation to protect. So they're not serving, right? But if we don't pay our taxes, they uh, are allowed to use force to get that money from us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I wonder how many actual police officers are aware of this. The sad thing is a lot of police officers, if you were to ask them, especially active duty ones, like why they're in it, they would say to protect their community. Right. To serve their community. That's why I'm thinking about this is because, and like, it's not a secret. I mean, well, so my brother is, is going to be a, uh, sheriff work in the sheriff's department. He's mm-hmm. going to be a police officer. Um, if I were, if you were to hear this, or if I were to ask him, he would probably say the same thing because yeah. you know him. Yeah, and sweet, sweet man. Right, and that's why I, I kind of think that they don't necessarily understand. I'd be really curious to ask him. Yeah. If this kind of thing is talked about in detail so that they actually know what they're getting into. Do you, do you know what I'm getting I at I do. Here? And yet I can't imagine that that doesn't become abundantly clear as an officer or a sheriff or a sheriff's deputy is on the job. Because you're getting so many calls, depending yeah. on your jurisdiction, that you have to be nitpicky if you will about what cases you take how quickly you follow up on them what Mm -hmm. level of force that you use in enforcing things yeah you have to pick and choose and uh he's going to find out that there are going to be some things that he personally is just not willing to get involved in to to risk his life for right and some of them are probably going to end up being kind of (laughs) petty you know yeah um you think about a a firefighter, right? The average firefighter would probably tell you the same thing, that they're doing what they do to protect people and to protect people's property and to ensure that um, the safety of their community is assured, (laughs) you know? Right, yeah. Um, But I, I don't think you'll find as many instances of a firefighter looking at a burning building and the, someone trapped inside and going, eh. <laughs> yeah. Let's watch. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Interestingly, in many states, it is a crime not to help a police officer. Really? Yeah. In 2019, uh, Gavin Newsom actually repealed the, the law in place that would make it a criminal offense not to help. But in Oregon. Uh-huh. It is still in place, and it says uh, it's a it's a um, class B violation, so it could be fine or jail time. Uh, a person commits the offense of refusing to assist a peace officer if, upon command by a person known by the person to be a police officer, the person unreasonably refuses or fails to assist in effecting an authorized arrest or Preventing another from committing a crime. But not the other way around. No. What the fuck? So you could be at Safeway 
Uh-huh. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, someone is stealing shit. Yeah. And they're leaving the place. And a police officer is like, hey, you there. See me? I'm a police officer. Trip that guy. <laughs> and then hold him down. Yeah. If you refuse or you fail to do so, you, maybe you just don't catch him. And that pisses the police officer off. You could go to jail. Wow. Or face some hefty fan. But if I were to say, hey, police officer, that guy stole my wallet. He's like, sorry, bud. Sucks to suck. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Wow. Good luck. Yeah. Which is a bummer, Um, right? Because, like, I get it. Like, being a police officer probably fucking sucks, (laughs) right? Sure. I mean, like, there's a lot of people out there that don't like you. just Exactly. Because of the job that you chose. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because we need people that are in those jobs that are doing it because they genuinely love their community and they want to protect those people regardless of their background their age their their uh gender identity whatever like the we want those people yeah as law enforcement but if we keep ostracizing them and villainizing them those people are not going to stay in that job right or they're going to be ousted by their peers for not sticking with the troops you know um it's a lose-lose. It's a loop that once you peel the veil off of it, you realize that there are very little instances where you can truly count on someone responding to that call, following up on that call, and actually helping you. Yeah. And if they don't, tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the road there. Vigilante shit. As Taylor oh, Swift yeah. once said. Oh, I was thinking Punisher. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, that's really interesting. I had no idea about any of that. I, it seems like, and a lot of people have said this before, and there's like even memes about it uh, where they talk about the requirements to be a police officer in the United States versus other countries. Oh, yeah. Where it's you actually need a college degree in a lot of cases the amount of training the training and the um the i mean like the continuous training exactly Mm -hmm. uh and it it does sort of i don't want to say trickle down necessarily but it does sort of uh ripple out into what the departments then become and how that affects the community at large oh yeah you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if you, if it takes that much training to do it, mm-hmm. then you are going to weed out all the people that can't hang. Correct. Right? Yeah. You're only going to get the people who care about the job. Or they're really committed to fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> the long con. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, yeah, sure. Maybe there's like a handful of those. But at, at, at a majority are going to be people that are committed to it, right? And you can assume competency. Right, exactly. And so with that assumption, as a as a member of the community, you can then rely on these people to help you. And 
um, and therefore trust your community a little bit more. Yeah. Which would then probably ripple out into, I don't know, just like an overall uh, safer sense of being. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you have a guy who got his GED and just did eight weeks of uh, <laughs> of range te- uh, courses uh-huh. and then they give him a gun and a car and like, oh, I, I mean, maybe it's harder than that. I don't know. Not but, in some states. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's tough. And, and people know that here. Yep. People know that it's not super difficult to do. Um, and, and then if you're asking for help and they don't offer it or they don't give it to you, mm-hmm. um, there's no trust built there. Right. Exactly. And so that people are going to, you know, do things themselves. Buy some violent guns. Acts, buy some guns. Commit violent acts. Mm-hmm. Um, vigilante shit. Vigilante shit. Yeah. Both ways. Well, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Sorry, this was a bummer one. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but it's important to know. Yeah, it's informative. That's good. Yeah. And now you know. All right. Thanks, kid. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I do want to say for the people... Uh, for Paul, who's listening, <laughs> for our one fan, Paul. Hi, Paul. Um, but it, this is, we have our shows on YouTube now. Yeah. Um, what I would love to hear, because I, I really don't want it to be a one-sided kind of thing, if people are listening to this and have information that they can offer us to maybe sh- share the other side of it, or if they just, if they want to share their own story about um what their experience has been or even like corroborate some of the things you said further um like leave comments in the uh youtube space or on instagram or whatever and be mindful that uh neither of us are experts yeah um we are uh unqualified (laughs) (laughs) and the whole point of this show is to um share things that have been discovered and share them with enthusiasm. Uh, But the pursuit of knowledge is never fully complete without a continuing curiosity and the right answer. So yeah, submit your input. Yeah. Be a square. (laughs) But be be nice. And be nice. (laughs) Yeah. Assume ignorance. malice. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Thank you, kid. Absolutely. All right. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) 